Welcome to the Start Your Engines podcast, our men's podcast from To Love, Honor, and Vacuum. I'm Sheila Ray Gregoire from the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum blog. And normally I talk mostly to women, but I have increasingly numbers of men on the blog. And so we decided to dedicate the last podcast of every month to men for our Start Your Engines. And of course, my husband, Keith, joins me on these. Yep, here I am. And we are going to talk about sex because I think that's pretty much all we ever do talk about on the men's podcast isn't it yeah pretty much yeah so far okay so here's what we've been doing on the blog all month we have been doing our iron sharpening iron series and we've been talking about how marriage is supposed to make you better people and how it's okay to bring up issues that are a problem in marriage and over the course of the month I talked about how to bring up issues when you're upset about them and then this week we were talking about what to do if there's something major in your marriage, like really, really big, and your spouse isn't changing. And I thought that for this men's podcast, we could do the issue that so many guys have is in that, what do you do if your wife has pretty much completely cut you off from sex? Mm -hmm. Because that's a huge issue. Oh, yeah. It's it's not uncommon that we hear about sexless marriages Mm -hmm. all the time now. Yeah, and it, it is an increasing problem. And so I wanted to start with this with this first scenario um, where we were at a marriage conference once and a man came up to us and asked what to do in, this, in his situation because many years ago, I think it had been almost two decades now, his wife had come up to him and had said, we just had our second child and I don't like sex. I think it's gross and we've now had both of our kids, so I'm done. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't had sex in just about two decades now. Mm-hmm. But he had stayed married to her. He had stayed faithful to her. He was really trying to live out his commitment to her, but absolutely no sex. All right. Unilateral decision. Unilateral decision. Yeah. That's pretty awful. That's tough. That's, yeah. We, I remember when I was being kind of blown away at the time thinking about that one. So what do you do if if your wife... He's giving me this look like, why are you making me answer this one first? <laughs> well, I just, I do think that we need to realize that that's a problem. Yes. Uh, I think that that's, it's okay to say, I, I'm not actually okay with that. I don't yes. think that that's what, you know, our marriage should be. I think it's okay to, you don't uh, get to make unilateral decisions in either direction about sexuality in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one person can't say, we are having sex tonight. Right. <laughs> I mean, like the, there's there's mutuality, there's consent. You know, I mean you, you have to agree on these things. And yep. and in the same way you, one person can't say we are never doing this again. I'm just putting my foot down. That's the way it is. Right. It's not fair. It's not appropriate. Right. And and sex is an important part of marriage. Like it's kind of a foundational part of marriage. Absolutely. I mean the classic verse about the Bible is about marriage is, and the two shall become one flesh. Yeah, that means sex, by the way. That means sex. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a fundamental part of that union. Mm-hmm, you like, know, the physical union of two bodies, as well as a social and emotional and you know, spiritual union as well. Mm-hmm, like, like I always say, you, know, you can live with a roommate. You can unconditionally love your kid. You can be supported by your parents, but the one thing that you can't get from anybody else is sex. Like sex is meant for marriage and it, it kind of sets marriage apart from every other relationship. So to separate sex from marriage really means you're changing the whole definition of marriage. Mm-hmm. Like sex, like marriage is no longer marriage the way that God intended. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is a really big problem. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, think it's, I think it's fair to say, or it's, it's important to say that you know, sex is a normal human biologic drive. 
I mean, like hunger or thirst or other things, it's it's something that our body wants and has a need for. Mm-hmm. And not everyone experiences that in the same way, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But it is a fundamental drive that God put in us. Yeah, and it's nothing. There's nothing wrong for a husband to say that is something I would like to be part of our marriage. Yeah. Now, that being said, so we said that, you know, the definition of marriage is something which includes sex, but I do want to talk about the definition of sex for a minute Mm -hmm. because this does impact how we see this question too because I think part of the problem when we think, okay, I'm being cut off from sex, is that sex the way that God intended is supposed to be an intimate experience on multiple levels. Yeah. So in Genesis, for instance, um, God uses the word no to talk about sex. So God, so he, so he says, Adam knew his wife Eve and they conceived a son. And that's not because God is embarrassed of saying a word meaning sex. It's because God meant to tell us that sex is supposed to be this intimate knowing, this longing for intimacy. And so when we see sex primarily as he puts his penis into her vagina and then climaxes, that isn't the sum total of what God meant. Mm-hmm. And often in a marriage relationship, sex can become only about him getting an orgasm. And so when we're saying that sex is supposed to be a vital part of marriage, we mean mutual sex. <laughs> yeah, something that's most supposed to be beneficial and and enjoyable for both partners. Yeah, and intimate in all levels. And I know that a lot of women have trouble reaching orgasm. Um, we'll be doing more podcasts on that. There's tons of that in my books. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up. My 24 Sexy Dares have some great uh, help for how to arouse your wife and, and help her reach orgasm. So I know that that sometimes that's a challenge, but that should at least be the goal. Like sex shouldn't be only about him. So with those caveats, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's now say, what do you do if you've got a guy who honestly wants sex to be intimate, who Mm -hmm. honestly wants his wife to enjoy herself, who's trying everything, but she often pushes him away and doesn't want to feel good and just wants him to get it over with, Mm -hmm. doesn't like sex, finds that it's really icky, feels a lot of shame about it, finds it just kind of unpleasurable and rather unpalatable and so she'd just rather live without it yeah well i i think the answer what you don't do is a lot easier Uh, and i think the answer that people have been saying is well you just have to ladies like just step up to the plate ladies what's your problem and that's kind of the message i think that's gone out there Mm -hmm. uh and and i don't think that works i mean it's it's had abysmal results i don't think that yeah oh yeah like like pastors have been saying for years ladies he needs sex Mm -hmm. you know he needs it every three days or he'll explode and and all of these messages that we've been that women have been getting and yet women's libidos have not been going up Mm -hmm. and women have not been having more sex in fact um one of the things that we found in our survey that we just did of twenty two thousand women is that the the obligation sex message hey ladies your husband needs sex is actually negatively correlated with her ability to orgasm Mm -hmm. So the more you tell women you have to do this, the more you make sex worse for her. Mm-hmm. This has to be something which she wants to do to a certain extent as well. And, and that's where the mutuality comes in. Yeah. So what do you do if she doesn't? Well, and, well, I think that she needs to realize, and you need to sincerely mean it, that you want this to be something for the two of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that phrasing it as, this is something that I really need and we've got to make it happen Mm -hmm. um, is going to be a lot less helpful to you than like, this is something that is supposed to be good for both of us. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing you say it's so not good for you that you don't even want to do it. 
Yeah. Let's get some help for that. Yeah. Because this is something that, you know, has the capacity to make us feel much closer and make you feel more enjoyable. And there's lots of benefits for women for, for regular sex as well, too. Um, you know, for health benefits and, you know, mm-hmm. depression and sleeping well and all that kind of stuff, too. There's lots of good um, benefits to her. And, and that, I think that's where he needs to be focusing. Yeah, I, I really think that's true, too. I, I, what I often tell spouses in this situation to do is to approach it in terms of God has something so amazing for us and we're missing out on that. And I don't want our marriage to not be everything it can be. And I don't want you to miss out on something amazing that God has for you. I think when you go into the conversation with you are defrauding me or I am not getting my needs met, you don't think she already knows that. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, women get told this all the time in our society. This is something he needs. And I guarantee you that's why she's not wanting sex more. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the only reason. There's there could be a whole lot of other reasons too, but it's contributing to it because it makes her feel like an object, like she doesn't have a choice. And when we add that spiritual element to it, you know, God said do not deprive and you're depriving me, then she feels like God doesn't want to give her a choice either. Mm. And so she feels like she has no control over her body. Like nobody cares about what she actually feels, not even God. And so she would rather just turn the whole thing off. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't know what experiences she's had in the past too that have shaped her feeling about that too. Mm-hmm, like, are, there, are there unhealed hurts? You know, has it been abuse? You mm-hmm. know, that sort of thing. We, and I mean, those are all things that need to be worked through. Yeah, there could be a whole lot of reasons. I mean, even just growing up in a very pornographic culture, women feel very, very objectified. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if porn has been an issue in your life as the husband, um, that can make her feel like she just doesn't want to be part of this anymore because sex is just so disgusting. Look at all the rape in the world. Um, every time there's war, there's major rape. Um, and women can just get a really, really negative attitude about all this. And then if we combine it with this spiritual message, God is mad at you if you don't have sex, she just turns completely off. Mm-hmm. And that's totally the wrong message. Especially how, especially because we've been taught that God's mad at you if you do have sex. Right. A whole lot <laughs> before that. And now all of a sudden it's a 180. And like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, that, it's, and a lot of people have a hard time processing that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I processing if you're Canadian, processing if you're American. Right, Right, yes, our little Canadian (laughs) accents here. So like I said, the way that I would approach it is, honey, you know, God made this to be wonderful for both of us. He made it so that we would feel close and so that we could experience something great together. And I totally understand that that hasn't been your story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't want to settle for that. You know, if God... And, And I'm willing to do what I need to do as a husband to make sure this is a great experience for you too. Right. And so let's get some help. Yeah. And you probably need to see a counselor. I will say too, that in most cases where that I have spoken to the woman who has cut her husband off from sex, where it really is like, he's trying to be a good guy. Okay. And she's cut him off in almost every case. She's really a control freak. Okay. Most women are control freaks to a certain extent. Like, like, and that's, I don't mean that in a bad way. Okay. Like, I'm just glad you said it, not me. Yeah, like like we we care so much about the people in our lives. We want things to go yeah. well. We feel like we have the weight of the world on our shoulders. We're carrying the emotional load of the family to a large extent. And, you know, we just want to feel like we have everything in control. And sex is the ultimate thing where you have to give up control. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very hard for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so often the reason that you run away from sex is because you run away from being out of control. 
it's a very scary feeling to be out of control. Well, and you're also very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's challenging. And so a lot of us men don't make it easy for our wives to feel vulnerable. Absolutely. And not just vulnerable sexually, but vulnerable emotionally too. Because a lot of times she has a lot of fears about sharing what she's really thinking, what she's really feeling, not just fears about how he's going to react, but also, you know, fears about what's going to happen if I touch these innermost parts of myself. And in sexuality, we're supposed to know each other in every way. And so sharing deeply is part of sex. That means that you, you guys need to share too, okay? Like, like you need to open yourselves up to your wives as well. Emotionally, I know that can be hard for some guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're not trained to do that. <laughs> and so she needs you to do that. But but sometimes it can be very difficult for her to do that too. And if she's running away from sex with her husband, I I've I can almost guarantee that she's also running away from intimacy with God. Because opening yourself up to God is also a little bit letting go of control. Well, it's a lot letting go of control, actually. And that can really be scary. So I know so many women who are so busy, keeping themselves busy, doing everything to serve God, but never letting themselves touch these deep places inside themselves, deep emotional wells. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if she's running away from sex, there might be some real issues there that need to be worked at. So yeah, like just talk to her about how you want her to experience everything God has for her. You want her to feel intimacy. You want both of you to feel close and this really needs to be dealt with and insist that you see a counselor. Yeah, I would say that was where I was going to say next is that this is something that's more than just the two of you are going to work this out. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is definitely something that you need to have somebody who's a trained, licensed therapist who knows how to handle these kind of situations Mm -hmm. and can walk through that with you because this, this is very sensitive and very difficult and much higher level of, Mm -hmm. of disagreement uh, over an issue than, than normally people would experience and it needs it needs professional help with that and trained professional help i will say that um if your church offers biblical counseling i would not recommend that and when i say that i don't recommend biblical counseling i don't mean that i don't recommend christian counselors biblical counseling is a particular model of counseling which says that the bible is all sufficient for counseling we don't need um uh any psychology we don't need any evidence-based therapies we don't need to deal with you know what research studies have shown us we just need to look at the bible and the problem is that often when you go to biblical counseling they will the message that a lot of women get is like do not deprive your husband you need to do this you need to stop and they don't really go into depth about what actually the issue is and if all she hears is you are sinning do not deprive your husband she's simply going to back off even more it is not going to heal her yeah. so you know please see a licensed therapist who can actually get to the bottom of this yep now what do you do if your wife won't go <laughs> that's a good question you know, and and that is, uh, and that is a really difficult situation that a lot of people are in. Um, I will say this: you don't need to pretend that your marriage is perfect if it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, if your wife has totally cut you off and has said, "I am perfectly happy parenting with you and sharing income with you and sharing this house with you," but I don't want to act like we're married. It's okay to let your family know that. You know, mm. it's so it's okay to let close friends know that that you're in crisis. Yeah, and I think you should get some help for yourself too, because that's a hard place to be. Yeah, it's a very very difficult place to be because 
you know, for guys to be rejected sexually, it, it really, it feels like a, a rejection of the core of you as a person. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a hard, hard place because to be. Because that's what sex is. If sex is the ultimate knowing and she doesn't want to have sex with you, then she's really saying, I don't want to know you. To a guy that certainly feels that way. I don't yep. know the woman's perspective, but mm-hmm. to a guy that feels like the ultimate rejection. And uh, so I, I think that that's a hard, hard place to be in. And I think you need help uh, just to deal with that. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's a big, big, heavy burden for a person to bear. So get some people around you that can support you and pray for you. And again, give you some good counsel about what to do in your specific situation. You don't need to pretend that things are perfect. So the best thing would just be to see a counselor in some way. Are you part of the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum community? Sign up for my emails and you'll get weekly Friday updates with behind-the-scenes pictures and info, exclusive video content, stuff I'm wrestling with, and more. You'll also get access to our free resource library with over 25 marriage and parenting freebies, my free five-day sex pep talk, and more. Sign up on the homepage at tolovehonorandvacuum.com. All right, we have dealt with what to do if your wife cuts you off when you want to have a mutually satisfying sex life when you love your wife where you're doing everything you can but she says no i really don't care go away yeah yeah and there's no history or anything that brought it on or right you know baggage it's just she's just just decided no no okay so then there's another side of it that i do want to look at and this is quite a long letter from a guy i think it's an important letter though that illustrates a lot so would you like to read it for us and then we can talk about it uh sure okay it's it's quite long so settle in bit everybody uh here's how here's how it goes We have been married for several decades with several adult children and one still at home. As a husband, I would say I got more wrong than right. Mismanaged finances, failure to listen to her on money advice, career, and maybe most importantly, her needs. Of course, there were ugly arguments and spades overwhelmingly caused by me as well. She warned me for years that this was all taking a toll on her, causing her to shut down little by little. Several years ago, she stopped having sex with me. In hindsight, I view it as the day our marriage ended. Not just because the sex ended, but any semblance of emotional connection was also gone. This period was also marked by numerous half-hearted attempts by me to get on top of things, all to no avail. I simply failed her. For several years, there was 100% zero sexual contact. That period was marked by vicious arguments instigated by me wanting sex. Although it had been coming for some time, she even told me so, it still seemed to me as if she just woke up one day several years ago and said, that's it, no more sex. She has since told me it was either withdraw physically and emotionally or divorce. My mood temperament since then has been bad. She told me several times how she felt like she had to walk on eggshells around me. I believe it is because I no longer feel like I have a connection with my wife. I told her this, but she does not accept it. Two years ago, after several years of no sex, I began making a concerted effort to improve my disposition. There were many two-step-forward, one-step-back moments, but she began to allow me to touch her again. No intercourse, just touch, in 2018. She would allow me to have an orgasm. At her request, our sex life currently consists of me asking her for sex. A day or two or three or a week later, she either makes time and asks me to come upstairs, or I ask her again and the process starts over. Believing our marriage needed something drastic, a few months ago I confessed in vivid detail my failings as her husband. I surrendered my life to her and promised to serve her for the rest of my days. Since then, I do as much as I can for her. I clean the kitchen after dinner, I give her massages, I bring her favorite drinks the way she likes them. In short, I try to lighten her load and ease her burden as much as possible. I really enjoy it. Serving her makes me feel closer to her. 
Things were going well until Saturday when I randomly asked her to go upstairs. For whatever reason, it was awkward. We didn't go. The next day, we had an ugly argument. She asked me to go upstairs, but her attitude and body language made it clear that it was, let's get it over with so you leave me alone. I said no, just no. I do not want it like that. Then the argument ensued, ultimately leading to her to say the following, I hate it, meaning sex. Absolutely hate it. When I asked her what she thought the last six weeks was about, she said, it's the same as before. That's what it's always about. I asked her if she got any mental or emotional, not physical, joy out of giving me an orgasm. Her response, no. I am sorry to be so wordy, and I hope this is not TMI, but I need help. We no doubt should have sought counseling long ago. I want to feel intimate and close with my wife again. For me, part of that is an act of sex life. I have attempted to talk with her about it. She just gets defensive. All right. Wow, that is really, really heavy. It is. It really is. So here's a guy and he's saying, I made a mess of my marriage. Mm -hmm. And I know I made a mess of my marriage. Mm -hmm. And they were married for a long time. And he did all kinds of stuff wrong. And then one day, and it was because she said she either felt like I need to physically and emotionally distance myself from him or I'm going to get a divorce. Mm -hmm. So she was not feeling in a safe situation. Right. And she said she felt like she was always walking on eggshells. And so one day she just said no more sex. And then he reacted over the next few years by massive fights, mostly about him wanting sex. Mm -hmm. And then he had this epiphany and he started being a lot nicer to her and serving her more. And then she started allowing... They started, they started having physical contact again. Right, which meant that she allowed orgasm, like she would bring him to orgasm, you know, and that's and that's really all that's going on. And, yeah. you know, and, and he's saying, hey, what's up? I've been doing all these things right, and she still is cutting me off and getting defensive. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that's interesting is he says, what, what have the last six weeks been about? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that this fella needs to realize, like, He's been great for six weeks. He's been doing the dishes, cleaning up, all those. I forget all the things he said for six weeks. Uh, but now he's upset because she's still, it seems like she's still back at square one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't realize that there was years and years of history before this. Like things, after years and years of history, things don't change in six weeks. Yeah. I mean, you need to give this some more time. You know, this yeah. is not, you can't say, well, I, now I realize I shouldn't have behaved that way for all those years. Let's start over and expect to be at square one. You, you need to realize you're not at square one. You're like at negative 100. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you got to work yourself out of a hole here. This is not a situation where, you know, it's all better. It's, it's like you talked about mismanaging finances earlier. Like when you get into debt, you don't suddenly go, oh, I realized I should have been doing this differently. And then all your debt goes away. Right. You start making positive changes and eventually you get into the black again because you persistently, consistently stay on track and do the things you know you're supposed to do. So in the same way here, it's it's not like you're going to say, I know I was bad before and now sex should be great. Mm-hmm. You need time to like get to a healthy spot before sex is going to be great. And I think the first thing and the biggest thing this fella needs to hear, and I hope he would hear it, is, you know, this is sex at this point has always been all about him. It hasn't been about her at all yet. Yeah, like as, he as mentions far as I that several times about um, she will give me an orgasm, he says. Yeah. And and then at the end, he says, I asked her, don't you get any joy from giving me an orgasm? Yeah. Well, I guess I, I don't think that's I don't think he realizes that. I think that the issue is instead of saying 
you know, I'm better now, let's have sex. Mm-hmm. You know, what about saying, you know, I realize that I've made sex all about me. How can I make sex a good experience for you? Yeah. You know, what can we do differently so that you and that you feel safe in this area that you don't feel you need to withdraw from me physically what can we do to make this a good experience for you Mm -hmm. because what if i'm reading between the lines here it really looks like for their entire marriage sex has been about him getting his orgasm and that's how he feels close to her and i understand that i mean there's hormonal things that happen during orgasm that make you feel close to someone um for men sex very much often is you know when when we have sex i feel close to her that's how i feel loved and so this makes perfect sense to him mm-hmm. but what she is feeling is something very different what she is feeling is you are using me and not considering what i am feeling because when you've hurt me in our marriage and when i don't feel safe and you say i still want you to give me an orgasm then it feels like all you want is my body and you don't really want me. And so it actually feels like rejection to her. Hmm. Like having sex with her when she does not feel safe and telling her that if we don't have sex, we're going to blow up and have a huge fight. Then she has sex so that you don't have this huge fight. And what she's really experiencing is rejection. Hmm. So to him, it feels like this is making us feel close to her it feels like you are completely rejecting me because you don't care about me as a person. Mm-hmm. And if he's going to bridge that gap and make sex truly about knowing each other, which is which he says is what he really wants, then I would seriously suggest that for the next little while, he totally forgets about his own orgasms. Yeah, I think just as much as you can, parking your needs completely mm-hmm. um, and saying, like, this is going to be about me making you feel good yeah uh, this is gonna be about me saying i realized i messed up earlier and i want to show you i am actually dedicated not just to having a good marriage so that i can get sex right i'm dedicated to making you get the most out of our marriage as well too including our sex life yeah because what he's done is he's he's straightened out his marriage in the sense like he's he's helping her he's massaging her he's bringing her drinks he's doing all these wonderful things but then he expects to now get sex and so when he expects that, all of those things don't matter to her. None of that computes to her. Because if he is doing all of those things, but then still putting pressure on her to have sex, what she is hearing is, I'll, all I'm, I'm only doing this so that I can get what I need. I'm not mm. really doing this for you. Yeah, and I don't think that's the way he feels no. because he clearly says, I enjoy serving her, makes me feel close to her. I think he's doing this out of sincerity of heart. I don't think he is... I'm going to do the dishes so that I can get, get sex later tonight. Right. I don't think he's doing that. I think he honestly is doing it to be good. But but she's not necessarily feeling that. Right. Right? Exactly. And so, yeah. So, you guys, I'm just trying to let you in on what your wife is feeling when this is happening. And that's if you've done a major rift in your marriage for whatever reason, you know, maybe you've been involved in porn, maybe you had an affair, maybe you were just really a workaholic and distant and didn't meet any of her needs. And then you suddenly start to try to meet her needs and you change the way you act towards her. If you put sex on the table at the same time, and start saying, now let's start connecting sexually. What you're doing isn't going to compute to her. Yeah. Because it still seems like it's coming out of a selfish motivation. Even if that's not the way you mean it. And what I would really challenge you to do is to be 
really selfless in this. Like they've been married for many decades Mm -hmm. and it sounds like the majority of those decades, sex has only been about giving him an orgasm. Even if they, even if he had no orgasm for the next 20 years, he wouldn't make up for it, (laughs) you know? So I don't think asking him to put his orgasm on the shelf for a while and just say, sweetie, I want to figure out how your body works. And I want us to experience this together so that it's about you. Can we just start from square one and and just figure out how to arouse you, even if just, it does nothing for me? Yeah, just just like do like a, a sexual detox in yeah. a sense, right? Like just yeah. take the take intercourse off the menu, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Sort of use that the now I hate that analogy, but I can't think <laughs> of a better way of saying it. But yeah. we're taking that off off the that's not on the the cards for tonight. But mm-hmm. we're just gonna look at making you feel good and, and enjoy you enjoying your body and me mm-hmm. in, enjoying your body in that sense of giving you pleasure yeah. um, and what that means and what makes her feel good and what she likes. And, and I want to learn those things and I want to, I want to be good to you in this way. Yeah. And that'll help. Now I got to say most women are not going to react well to that either. Yeah. It's, it's going to be awkward and it's going to be totally new and different and it's going to be, you know, where is this coming from? And there's going to be worries of ulterior motives. Exactly. And there's going to be a lot of stuff going on in her mind. Um, you know, so. But I'll tell you how to make it more palatable. And that's if you approach sex as more of the culmination of the rest of your relationship, rather than the thing that is going to jumpstart the rest of your relationship. So, you know, start sharing your heart with her. <laughs> start mm-hmm. asking her, hun, what was the best thing that happened to you today? And now share with me what was the worst thing that happened to you today and share that with her as well like start sharing your heart with her start listening to her heart you know ask her hon if there's one thing that you're super worried about right now can you let me in on what it is Mm -hmm. you know i want to pray with you about it i want to see if i can take that off of your plate a little bit yeah be be careful not to try and fix problems right yeah you don't want to fix problems but but at the same time, if she feels like you really care about her heart and not just about her genitals, <laughs> you know, that often is the gateway into greater levels of intimacy. Because as we were saying, you know, sex is about intimacy at all levels, emotional, spiritual, and physical. And when we focus on the physical as the gateway to the others, mm. often we make her feel very cheap. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really care about me. You only care about what I can give you. Mm-hmm. And then she's just going to feel like a receptacle. Hmm. Nobody wants to feel like that. No. So, you know, I think the thing this guy does bring to the table that's really good is he seems to have enough humility to admit when he's wrong. Yeah. I mean, he clearly is able to say, look, I messed this up. He even says, you know, like there were fights, mostly my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's taking ownership of those things. And I think that's that's a really positive thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say, like, what, you know... Um, talking to her and saying, I want this to be something good for you. What can I do to show you I sincerely plan to follow through on this and I mm-hmm. want to make a difference? Mm-hmm. You know, is it that, you know, is, is there somebody that he needs to talk to as a counselor? Like, I don't know if he, if she felt that she needed to withdraw from him because there was anger issues or what was going on. Like, mm-hmm. but you know, what would she, what does she need to hear from him and to see him doing to show her that he sincerely is committed to this not just for him and his needs, but for them as a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and how would he show that to her? And how would she feel that? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, you're, you're giving really good information about how, like, most women feel or a lot of women feel, and mm-hmm. you can speak to that. But the only person who can really speak to what she feels is her. Yeah. And he needs to listen to her about what 
she feels and how he could say things to her in a way that would be just healing to her yeah. uh, rather than feeling sh- she feels pressured. Yeah, exactly. And I think you also need to realize, too, that you know if you've had years and years and years of history, we kind of already said this, but I just think it's important to kind of reemphasize it. If you have years and years of history of one way of doing things, like it's going to take a long time and you're going to have some step back situations. And he was saying that two steps forward, one step back. And, and when she has a step back, remember, yeah, like I understand that this is hard and don't take it personally that she's, mm-hmm. you seem like you're back at square one again. You mm-hmm. need to realize that's going to happen and, and ex- accept that as a natural part of the healing process. Yep. Yep. And again, I just want to reiterate, this is a situation where, yeah, he probably should have seen a counselor. So go see a licensed therapist as a couple. I think that would do them a lot of good. Yeah, again, um, this is like long-term sexual, de- like like zero sex in the marriage, sexual desert kind of yeah. situation. I think that that requires someone to walk through it with you. Yeah. You know, and even to give you some ideas of ways that you can talk to each other in ways that the other person can understand. Yeah. Um, because, because it's so easy to mess this up. It really is. And you mean well, but you say it the wrong way because you think of sexuality in a very different way than your spouse. Mm-hmm. And when you've hurt each other over these kind of issues, it's very easy to pull the scabs off. And so having someone to walk through that with you and give you some guidance as to how to handle these issues can be really, really important. Yeah. I got an interesting reader question here from a woman this time, but I thought it was important and it fits better with our Start Your Engines men's podcast. So let's jump in. She writes, my husband doesn't want to perform oral sex on me. We've been married for over two decades and I can count the number of times he has done that on just two hands. He made it plain in the beginning that he didn't like the taste and his tongue got tired, etc. A few years back, he read some stuff about oral sex and HPV throat mouth cancer. Is this a real issue? All right, good question. So what she's saying here is that her husband is just kind of grossed out by the idea of performing oral sex on her. And he's heard this stuff in the news about how it can be potentially dangerous. And so isn't that a good reason not to have oral sex? Let me deal with the health stuff first. We often hear these things in the news like, you know, oral sex causes throat cancer or whatever, but we need to remember it's tied to different STDs. In this case, it was the HPV virus specifically, which is again an STD. And when people have an STD, they often don't use condoms or the female condom um, for oral sex. And so that STD can then cause problems in the mouth, in the esophagus, etc. But that's because of the STD. It's not like oral sex itself causes cancer. It's oral sex when there's an STD present. Okay, so if you are not someone who has an STD, if you are two STD-free people and you are not cheating on each other, it's just the two of you having sex together, you're not going to cause some sort of weird cancer thing. Now, HPV is one of those STDs which can sit dormant in a body and you may not know that you have it. So if one or both of you were sexually active before marriage, please do get a full STD workup to make sure that you don't have it in your marriage. But absent that, these mouth and throat cancers are caused by sexually transmitted diseases. They aren't caused by oral sex in and of themselves. And simply having oral sex when there are no STDs present and when you're sure there's no STDs present is not going to cause cancer. Okay, so I just wanted to deal with that one. But what about the issue about the fact that he just doesn't like doing it? 
I often get this question from women where it's flipped, where she really doesn't like performing oral sex on him and she doesn't want to feel like she should have to do something which she doesn't really like. And I'll give the same answer here as I do for women, which is, you know, sex is supposed to be a mutual thing. And if there is something which is seriously grossing you out, or if you've been sexually abused in the past and it's causing triggers or flashbacks to some abuse, you don't have to do it. All right. The whole way that sex makes us feel close is that we're experiencing something we're giving to each other in an enjoyable way. And if something is just really not enjoyable, then yeah, I think it is okay to say no to it. Now, I'm not talking about saying no to intercourse at all, unless there's some major pain issues or other issues, sexual trauma that you have to work through. You know, sometimes that does take time, but we aren't supposed to say no to sex in general. But if there are certain acts that are extras that you just can't do because you get the heebie-jeebies or something, yeah, it's okay to say no to that. We should not be saying no to bringing each other to orgasm regularly and, and to making that our goal. We shouldn't be leaving our spouse hanging, But the way in which we do that, that's kind of open for negotiation. Sex is supposed to be something which is mutual. It's supposed to be for both of you to enjoy. And if one of you is grossed out, then no, you don't have to do that. So with all of that being said, though, and please keep in mind that what I've said, I still truly believe I also want to give the other side of it and some more encouragement to you guys. It could be for a lot of women that that's one of the main ways that they can experience orgasm and they find it much harder to experience orgasm through intercourse and they find manual stimulation just a little bit odd. So, you know, oral sex is actually really pleasurable for a lot of women and a lot of them really do enjoy it. So if that's the case, just make sure that even if you don't want to perform oral sex on her, that you are doing everything that you can to bring her to orgasm. Like If sex is something which you do, but she doesn't have an orgasm and then you're refusing to perform oral sex on her, that's a real problem. Sex is supposed to be mutual, which means that if you're orgasming, she should be as well. And in a lot of relationships, that doesn't happen because she hasn't learned yet how to orgasm. You haven't learned yet how to bring her to that point. And so if you're on a research project where you're trying to figure that out, that's okay. But it's not okay on a prolonged period to leave her hanging like that. So, you know, if this is something that she wants simply because she wants to reach orgasm, it's really important that you figure out another way to get her there if you're not willing to perform oral sex. And for the women who are listening, if your husband doesn't want to perform it, you know, there are some things that you can do that can make it more pleasurable for guys. Um, shave more, get rid of the hair that is around the vulva, not necessarily the hair that um, is on the front of you, but on the underside of you so that your clitoris is more exposed. Make sure that you do wash frequently. You don't need to use soap, okay? Soap can actually aggravate things and cause yeast infections, but you know, make sure that you do properly clean with water uh, frequently, and that really can, can help with the smell. Change your underwear frequently, all of that. There are also awesome vaginal suppositories that are flavored that you can use, or some flavored lubricant that can make it more pleasant for him. But I think if you both have this mindset that sex is supposed to be a mutual thing that we both enjoy, where we both are experiencing orgasm, then make sure that you get there. So mutual sex means, yes, we are both experiencing orgasm in some way. If that's not through oral sex, then he's helping her in some other way. And mutually enjoyable also means that nobody's doing something which is making them really, really uncomfortable. So that would be my answer for that. And I hope that that helps. 
Perhaps this has been more of a serious podcast than people were really expecting for my Valentine's Day one, (laughs) but I wanted to bring up some of the roadblocks that we often do have from embracing sexuality because a lot of us are just given very negative messages about sex. There's so much crap out there in society which really wrecks sex, and we've often had a lot of history of really bad stuff about sex, and so the ability to embrace life, embrace life through the senses, embrace your body, see sex as a positive thing, that can take a lot of getting rid of garbage below the surface, and so I hope that I've maybe pointed you in some good directions on how to start doing that, and that it is possible to overcome some of these hurdles of how we see sex so that we can embrace it the way that God intended. And as Valentine's Day is coming up tomorrow, I want to really put a big shout out for my 24 sexy dares. I wrote these first for last Valentine's Day. Uh, They sold really well. A lot of couples have said they just love them. But there are 24 different scenarios or prompts that you do just to bring some life back into your sex life. There's eight that she takes the lead on, so she gets to read the little scenario and then and then do it. Um, then there's eight that he gets to take the lead on, there's eight that you do together. And I really designed them so that they fit with really the heart cries that a lot of us have when it comes to sex. So for women, a lot of the dares that he does for us are focused on building our sexual confidence, making us feel sexy, figuring out what arouses us, figuring out how to reach orgasm, um, letting you be the center of attention, all of those fun things that can make sex so much more interesting and fun for women, especially when that's been a roadblock. And for him, a lot of the dares are focused on spicing things up and helping him experience a lot of excitement and also making him feel wanted, like you really desire him. And as you do these things, you'll find, hey, you know, this isn't this isn't hard. This is kind of fun. And it'll It'll give you some new things to try just in your regular sex life. They don't need to be this big production. Um, they're all, all of the dares are super cheap. Okay. It's not like I'm going to say on any particular dare that you need to go and you need to spend $60 or something like these are all really inexpensive things. It tells you clearly on the dare, whether they're done at a certain time of day or where they're done. And just to add a fun element to your life. So pick those up. They make a wonderful Valentine's day gift, especially for husbands. I think husbands, especially would love this and a lot of higher drive wives would love it too or just women who are trying to figure out what all the fuss is about it helps you slow down and experience sex the way it's supposed to be where it is about mutually loving and serving and it's not something which is degrading or using each other so i will put a link to those in the podcast description you can get them in my store And I hope that they help you spice up your Valentine's Day. So thank you for joining me for this a little bit heavier podcast, but I hope it's given you a lot to think about as you realize what God made sex for, how he designed sex, and how we're supposed to be turned on to all of life. And I hope that I can help you do that. Certainly, I hope I can get you turned on in your marriage. And thank you for joining us at To Love, Honor, and Vacuum, where we make life and marriage into a passionate adventure and not just a to-do list. Remember to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes or wherever you listen to it and leave a review. It just helps other people find it. And it's also a huge encouragement to me. Uh, Another huge encouragement, if you have read any of my books like The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex, please remember to write an Amazon review for that as well. Because again, it helps other people pick up the book and learn what God really did make intimacy for. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Start Your Engines podcast. If you want more information on the topics discussed here today, feel free to check out the podcast extras. The link will be in the description. I've been your host, Connor, and we'll see you next Thursday.